0: Hello, and welcome to Mama's Nightmare. Come join us as we talk about anything from moms that murder, family murderers, kids being kidnapped and or murdered, or even being killers, which are all a Mama's Nightmare. I'm Rhonda.
1: I'm Alicia, and we're a mother-daughter duo giving you our spin on these nightmares from a mom's perspective. Today, we're going to be talking about the survival of Tika Adams.
0: I'm Rhonda, a mother of two and grandmother of four. I work full-time for a well-known app. I'm obsessed with true crime podcasts, shows, and documentaries. I'm
1: Alicia, a wife and a stay-at-home mom of three who just started listening to true crime podcasts but like watching documentaries and thrill-seeking movies with my husband.
0: I'm the one that suggested that we start a podcast since we love to talk about these nightmares and, of course, I think people need to hear our opinion on them. For today's nightmare, we're going to be going to Washington, D.C. to talk about the amazing survival story of Tika Adams. The trigger warnings for this episode are kidnapping, torture, and some graphic violence.
1: Thanks for joining us. Now, let's grab some Pepto and let's talk about a nightmare. Okay, Mom, why do we need the Pepto today? (laughs)
0: Um, you're gonna want it about midway through this. And I am gonna give you a little bit of a warning as we come up on it about the graphic violence that's fixing to happen. And I do say um you're gonna want to skip ahead a few minutes then on that if you don't want to hear it. So there is a even though we have the trigger warning at the beginning, there will be a trigger warning in the middle of it uh around where it's going to happen, uh mid to end of it. So uh don't worry, it won't just pop up and take you by surprise but uh if you listen to it you may need that Pepto and my and you my dear have to listen to it so you may want the Pepto okay so our listeners can move ahead but you can't (laughs) you're gonna have to suffer through it oh goodness all right well now uh yeah it it's it's been a tough one to to research and to go over. Uh, it really has. And a lot of the... She had a, a show called... Uh, she's been on a show, which is actually where I found this at. Um, not, It wasn't on the I Survived. There's another one. But there's an I Survived one. I did watch it as well. Um, and then there's another one, uh, a couple of shows. And they're both really the same show. It was just on two different under two different titles, you know, but it was really the same show, but they didn't go into quite as much graphic detail in it. And the more I read about it and the more I found about it, um, it was, it was really a lot worse than what they portrayed even on the, I survived show. So
1: they're trying to just not be so graphic for it. But Yeah. They honesty. give you
0: really, if you've heard the story, if anybody out there's heard the story, it's there's so much more to it. Than what was just given, and it was amazing what they gave. So, <laughs> mm. yeah. Now, um, I hear we had some new places uh, where we had some listeners this week. We're really,
1: uh, we uh, excited we hit, about that. We yeah, we hit over two hundred downloads this week, which is very uh, no. exciting. Um. When I looked this morning, it was 2.07. We've hit Ooh. around 37 this week. Total oh, that's great. downloads. We got the Bahamas, Mississippi, Ooh. Nevada, oh, Idaho, and Virginia now. So, hi, peeps.
0: Hi, Hello. Simon. Thanks for joining us. We have really, we're excited to have everybody. It's really neat. So, So yeah, I didn't want to forget about them before we get started into this because this one is going to be one of those said, yeah, yeah. We might forget about saying anything at the end for sure. Yeah.
1: All right. I'm a little nervous on this one, so why don't you go ahead and get started?
0: Okay. Buckle up, buckos. Here we go. All right. Okay, well, this is a story about Tika Adams, and Tika, she was about 29 years old. She was a homeless woman, um, and she is, at this time of the story, she's in her third trimester. Um, We're going to start, we'll give a little bit of background on Tika, and these are a couple of things that um, we didn't hear about in the I Survived thing. So we're going to start right off the bat of some things that we didn't know from that. Um,
1: Well, I know nothing about
0: this. Okay. So anybody that knows about it, uh, anybody that has watched it may not, uh, may say, what? I didn't know that. That's okay. I didn't either. Okay. She was raised in the Washington, D.C. area. So she's been in that area pretty much all her life. Um, She was what we would call the epitome of a rebellious teen. She left home. She didn't want anything to do with anybody. She was going to live on the street. She was making her own rules. She was doing whatever she wanted to do. Now, prior to this, well, prior to um, to this time that we're talking about, which was um, around October of two thousand nine, is where we're starting at. She had already given birth to a daughter, Sadie. And um, this daughter was living with her mother. And she she was about six years old. Well, at this point in time now, Tika has realized that she's got to get her life together. And she's got to do something. And she moved into what they call a long-term homeless shelter in Washington. It's called the Community for Creative Nonviolence Shelter. They call it CCNV. And she was attending some classes and doing some things there. Well, at this time, she met and fell in love with his name is Ronald, but everybody called him PJ Bell. Um, the two had found out that PJ. I don't I, I don't know why PJ, but yeah, Ronald Bell. Maybe, and maybe, they called him
1: Maybe PJ. his middle name is a P.
0: Maybe and so maybe hard. he was a junior or something. I don't know, but it just yeah, gave just know. gave me Ronald Bell and they called him PJ. So the two found out that Tika was pregnant. Um, and they got married in a like a simple little courthouse wedding. And the folks at uh, at C C N V were so kind to all of these people. They even held them a small little wedding reception there for everybody Aww, when that's they so came funny. back. It is sweet. And so, these two were just, from what we can tell, were madly in love with each other. And things were going well with them. And they were excited about having this. This was going to be their first baby together. And they were super excited about having this baby. Now, come to around October of 2009, Tika began getting some phone calls from an unknown caller. And she was like everybody else. And she's like, unknown caller? Uh, No and she wasn't answering them but they just kept coming and kept coming and you know those people will wear you down sometimes
1: Yes that's well, per- uh, car warranties
0: Yes they fool me every time and I get a voicemail and I'm like okay let me check the voicemail just and it's like oh we're calling about your insurance and blah blah blah
1: car extended warranty
0: Your extended warranty exactly I just got a car and now I'm getting them all from everywhere. It's terrible. So, this particular time, she was, uh, she's on a, she's going to the grocery store and she's riding with a friend. And she broke down and she was, okay, I'm going to answer this phone call. So, when she answers it, it's a lady by the name of Stephanie Mills. And she told, and, Steph, and Stephanie tells her that she's connected with a company that is helping indigent pregnant women. And they have these warehouses and she wants to take Tika to this warehouse and help her to get some baby gear. And uh, a lot of it will be like clothes and diapers and just things that you're going to need for a baby. So I assume it's probably like maybe even a car seat or things like that. You know, some of the bigger ticket items that are going to be hard for, I mean, they're hard for everybody to get, which is why we have showers for people. And yeah, at that time you know, and, and she doesn't have the, who's going to give you a shower at a homeless shelter? I mean, you know, let's face it, they're on their own and they're having to get these things that are expensive. So she was super excited because this was going, this was coming at just the right time and things were starting to look up in her life. And she thought, oh, wow, this is just, this is great. She couldn't wait to tell PJ about it. And um, so at that time she starts speaking to Mills all the time, she's uh, Stephanie is calling her and uh, and checking on her all the time and asking her how her pregnancy is going and how the baby's doing and everything. And so she's beginning to feel very comfortable with her and talking to her. And they had originally planned that they would meet on Thanksgiving weekend. However, uh, Mills had to put it off because she was having some car trouble. So they rescheduled. For December the 2nd and December the 2nd was just four days before Tika's due date okay okay well at this time, Tika is now living in a different shelter. She has moved from CCNV, and while she loved it there, and she loved, and they loved the staff, and they were kind to her and everything, she moved to a maternity home that was run by the Queen of Peace Ministry of Charities, and this was some nuns that were in there, and they this gave her a lot more privacy. It gave her her own bedroom, and she didn't have to share a bathroom with all of the homeless shelter. I mean, can you imagine what that was like? In, yeah, during and pregnancy right. mm-hmm. and here so it is at the end of your pregnancy
1: is she allowed to be there with pj though
0: at this time no she's in this homeless shelter and he is at, at right now he's in a court ordered uh family therapy um what is it uh i don't know if i ha- i don't have the name of it but it was a residential therapy program he's working through some family related problems that were court ordered so he's at this shelter at a different shelter from her and i think they and i guess they agreed for her to go here because he's set to move out of this shelter the same day that uh on this december 2nd that she's going to meet stephanie so they haven't seen each other in a while but um well i don't know that they haven't seen each other for a while i i would assume they haven't
1: together for a little while
0: but they haven't lived together for a little bit because he's been in this therapy program and she's been in the homeless shelter and she's now moved over to this, you know, so now she's moved over. And at this place, they only have like six different pregnant women there and the nuns take care of them. Kind of, they kind of help. Yes. The nuns make sure that they have stuff in the refrigerator, that uh, they have good foods that they can snack on and have, and they make sure that they get three meals a day and all of that. So this morning uh, on December the 2nd, PJ called Tika just like he did every morning. She was up early. She was up at like 530. They were going to meet early and she was excited Excited. to go and do this. Yeah. But this morning when she talked to PJ, he was like, you know, I just don't feel good about you getting in a car with some person we've never met. Why can't she just bring the stuff to you? I don't understand. Why can't you do this? And, of course, she's like, well, look, it's a warehouse full of stuff. I get to pick what I want. I mean, let's face it. When you're having a baby, there's nothing like going through and looking at baby clothes and doing all that stuff. You just want to do all that. Yeah. So, I can see the excitement that she would have of going with her to look. I mean, as nice as it is that somebody's going to give you something, but if you get to choose what it is, even better. Right. So... She says, look, I'm going to be fine. We really need this stuff. I really have to have this. And so I'm going to be fine. I'll see you later. And she hung up. She left the shelter. We do have a record of her waving goodbye to the maintenance man. And she crosses the street and gets in the car with Mills, And that's at like 630 in the morning. And when she gets in the car, Mill seems friendly enough and they chatted really freely and they talk and they're going on. And here's the thing that I'll, I'll, I didn't write in here, but I'm going to note that. Okay. When you're riding with someone and it's maybe somebody that you haven't known and you're talking and you get caught up in talking in the chatter, you don't really know where you're going. Yeah. You don't notice the surroundings and, and where it is you're going. But this, all she knew was that this shelter, this um, warehouse. this uh, warehouse is going to be in Maryland so that she knows they're going to cross over. And I don't know if you know anything about it, but Maryland and Virginia and Washington, D.C. are all right there together. So it's just it's like going from in Chattanooga, going from different, you know, little things and you just cross over, you know, in Chattanooga, we're really close to Alabama and Tennessee in, uh, in Georgia and Tennessee and Alabama. They're all really close right there together. That's kind of like Washington DC is like that. Uh, it's real close with Maryland and Virginia and all of that. So going over is, is not, doesn't take that long to get there into Maryland. So Um, at that point, at some point in there, Mill started to have some car trouble again. So she asked, she asked Tika, she said, do you mind going to my apartment with me so I can call the guy who was working on my car and let him look at it? So she doesn't want to be rude. And it's like, okay, You know, what are you going to do? It's either that or we're stuck on the side of the road. She's like, sure, we'll go there. The only thing that she noticed was that when they pulled in, it was a large apartment complex and there were all these brick buildings. We've all known, we've all seen those. They get confusing. There's a brick, they all look alike when it's a big complex. Well, she takes her in and they park and she leads Tika into the apartment and the apartment is on the first floor. Um, And she leads her straight through the apartment, through the living room, and into the bedroom. And uh, there's just a futon mattress that's on the bed and a television. And uh, she puts a movie in for her and says, I'm going to go call the guy about the car. So Tika sits on the mattress and starts to watch this movie. Um, The only thing, apparently, during the course of this, before we go through here, they watched like two or three movies. And the only thing she can remember is the movie. Uh, the first one was the movie. The one, one that she watched out of there was the movie precious.
1: Oh, that's a good movie.
0: Yeah. And apparently they were like bootleg copies because mm-hmm. she was putting them in and everything. And, um, so, but during this time while she's out, uh, calling her friend uh PJ calls Tika and he says look I'll come get you and she's like no I'm fine it'll be fine she's just gotta he's gotta look at this car we'll be started out in no time it's fine everything's going okay it'll be it'll be okay but inside she was a little bit nervous because she didn't want him to come get her because she didn't know where she was she didn't know how to tell him to come get her and she didn't want to tell him that and make him upset but as it starts going on and they're watching more and doing more, she's starting to get nervous because she has to be part of the maternity home rules or she has to be home by midday. So I'm sure that they want them home for lunch. They want to make sure that they're eating good yeah. and doing and all that. So they' she's supposed to be home. Well, she had left early that morning um, and didn't really have breakfast, so Mills made her a couple of sandwiches while they ate. And Tika, of course, she downed them down, scarfed them down. She's hungry, you know how them nine months are.
1: Ooh, remember them, Dave.
0: Yeah, so, um. Mills told her she said look I'm so sorry this apartment is such a mess and all the furniture and everything is down she said we've just we just moved here from New York and my son's moved with me and he he's staying in the living room and so I just haven't got everything together and so she's like oh okay you know because you walk into a place and you're like oh my what the crap but you don't want to say anything to anybody so she starts making her excuses and i mean everything seems really normal you know somebody to make an excuse about it and do all that that sounds to me it sounds really normal um she told her that they just moved there and this was a lie as everything else that she had told her was a lie we're going to, I'm going to go into Stephanie Mills for a little bit here. Now, Stephanie was actually, her name was Veronica deramus Sometimes she has been known as Veronica Quinn. So she has a couple of aliases.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She had four children. Derek was the only one that lived with her in this apartment, and he was 17 at the time. They had been there since early of two, 2009. Um, She had spent part of her childhood in the Washington area as well. She ran track for uh, Hayfield Secondary School. She joined the military. And from what we can tell in the records, she served from 1988 to 1999. She reached her top rank as a corporal in 1996. And at one time during there, her job was she was an equipment handler. And she was awarded routine uh, commendations, which are just basically nothing out of the ordinary, nothing spectacular, just the normal everyday ones that people get. She she reached those as well. Um, She did get out uh, in like. uh, I think from like. I guess she got out in like 96 and then from like till ninety. Six to 99, she was in the uh, National Guard, uh, the Army's National Guard at some point. Um, but now, in detectives have found that she moved around a lot. They said she moved around quite a bit. And in 2002, she spent two years in jail for a forgery in Georgia. Um, then after that, she had worked as an administrative assistant at a Bowie, Maryland pediatric clinic and as a medical assistant at a pediatric uh, practice in Falls Church, Virginia. Now, we're talking about her moving around a lot, but it seems to be in that, Still in
1: that little Maryland.
0: Very, yeah, she was during her time as a uh, in the military. She was out in Texas. Okay.
1: Um, Hits the fourth, the Georgia. Yes, kind of
0: down there too. She and, and so at that point, but at this point now, she's been staying more in that area of the Washington, Maryland, and Virginia area. Um. But uh, she had a coworker in Annandale, Virginia, that had helped her co-sign for an apartment, and she didn't pay the rent. She got evicted, and um she left a bill that was $1,900 that the co-worker had to pay. Oh. Yeah. And around that same time, it was discovered that she had been running up several thousands of dollars on credit card bills in that same co-worker's name.
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: Yeah. So... Apparently, she did get, uh, they did, she did press charge, the co-worker must have pressed charges because we do find out that she pled guilty to identity fraud and she received a one-year sentence for it. Six months of the sentence was suspended. So, she only had six months. So, I mean, she had a six-month sentence, basically. So, she probably only spent a few weeks in jail. Not, you know, not very long at all. But now we've come to December of 2009 when we're going into this case. And we find that she was working as a cocktail server in Washington at this time. She talked to, you know, she tells Tika that she is a basically like a social worker for this company. that, But she is actually a cocktail server in Washington, making around seven and a quarter an hour. So she's pretty hard up. But also, as the detectives got to looking into her, they found out that she had been telling her family and her friends and her boyfriend all that she was pregnant. She was not.
1: How do you plan so now, on making that a secret?
0: I don't know. So- Apparently, a lot of her friends had not seen her at the time, and she was, she was telling them this. But I guess towards the end of it, when she was supposed to be big and, and everything... She wasn't going out and seeing a lot of them. They were just talking to her on the phone. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier to keep that a secret. That they
1: also have those bellies too. That like how you can make your man
0: right. How this and if we look at and when we see the picture of her i don't have a full body picture of her but you know you can look at someone and they're full in the face and know and in her shoulders and everything and you can just tell she's a heftier woman and i think it's a little easier to kind of hide that and say well you know i haven't gained that much weight and i can still wear you know some people are like that it's just it's hard to tell and when somebody tells you they're pregnant you just believe them
1: well there are a lot of people who uh you just you look at them and you don't know if they are or not. And so, you just don't say right. anything.
0: Right. And so, you don't ask. And if they say something, then you're like, oh, congratulations. But you don't yeah, ask but, anybody, but are usually, you pregnant?
1: like, somebody just sits there and just, like, rubs their belly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They usually ain't rubbing it because they're hungry.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. So
1: yeah. Okay.
0: And who knows that she wasn't doing all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, now... Um, we're going to go back to December the 2nd and this day that's going on. Um, It was nearing the end of this third movie when Daramus rushed at Tika and threw a blanket over her head. And she began hitting her in the head with this fireplace poker. And to the point that she had knocked her out. Now, when Tika came to, she was laid out on the kitchen floor. And Daramus had a box cutter, and had and had sliced the side of her abdomen. Now, yeah, and at this point, Tika has this burst of, like, adrenaline that gives her this strength. I mean, nobody has this when you are nine months pregnant. You are always tired, and it is hard. And she was a small woman to begin with.
1: I could see see you having a burst of energy especially if you feel like your life is being threatened in your child yes
0: she has all of that but being nine months pregnant even though you have that burst of energy you still have that um what's the word I'm looking at you know you have those uh you're just clumsy from being from being misshapen (laughs) you know and she was a small girl anyway she was only like 5'2 and okay, so she was normally her weight was, yeah, her normal weight was right around like 115. So she's just a minute, you know, she's just not, she's big as a minute and that's it. But now she's got this big old belly in there.
1: Mm, I remember that.
0: So Darryl, um so she has this burst of adrenaline and she snatched that box cutter out of Daryl Hand and she jumps up and she's using that box cutter like it's a weapon, and she's telling her to back off, leave me alone, and uh, and as she's backing up, she's trying to look at the door, because she remembered there were locks, several locks in the door, and she looks and turns and looks around over her shoulder, Darymas rushed at her again, had that fireplace poker, and started hitting her, so Tika threw the box cutter across the room, so that she couldn't use that, so she couldn't reach that, um, So that Deramus wasn't going to be able to get back to that. The two of them ended up in this fight and Deramus ended up on top of Tika and she had, so she's sitting basically on top of her and she's taking her legs and squeezing her belly. I can't imagine how that felt because you know, your belly is so big and tight and, and everything. So, and and your baby's in there.
1: Yeah. You're pushing that baby.
0: So she's, Hmm. you know, scared to death. And there's another burst of adrenaline that comes to Tika at that point. And she grabs her. She gets her hands free and she grabs Biderimus around the neck and starts to squeeze. And uh, at that point, she could start hearing her wheezing. So she knew she was getting something. But again, she's tiny. (laughs) And all of a sudden... Deramis throws her hands up over her head and starts praying. And Tika is like, What the crap? This woman be crazy. You know, what is going on? And at this I point, Tika, fun. right? And at this point, all of this, she's bleeding from the head. She's bleeding from the side. It all kind of gets to her and she starts to lose her strength. Oh. And, um, she uh she lets go of her and she tells her, she's just like, please don't hurt me anymore. And she's begging Deramus at this point. And Deremis told her, she says, I'm not gonna hit you no more. So um Tika is laid out on this kitchen floor and she's bleeding and she's just weak as water at that point. You know, that adrenaline rush comes and it goes real fast at, at this point. And so while she's laying on the floor, Daramus has got up now and she is taking, she's grabbed some towels and stuff like that. And she's scrubbing the floors and the walls, trying to get all this blood off of the walls and the floor because her son is going to be home soon. And she doesn't want him to see all of this.
1: But isn't um, he gonna know? Like, she's there. <laughs> what, right. And she's, what like, trying to steal the baby. So, oh, I just, Tika I have is, now.
0: Tika is still not certain of this. Tika does not sure what's going on. Why this girl wants, she's just, like, she thinks she's wanting to kill her. She doesn't know, or something. And she's kidnapped her. She doesn't know what's going on at this point. And I guess... I mean, we hear about people trying to steal babies, but you don't ever think that's going to happen to you. And so she just doesn't know what's going on in her mind. She's, you know, she's been hit in the head. <laughs> I'm sure she's got concussions and she's been, she's bleeding and she's just, she's just miserable. She's exhausted and she's in pain. So Tika finally allows her, uh, allows Daryl Must to uh, lead her back into the bedroom and lay down on that futon mattress and um, she has. at this point, she asked her, she says, and she doesn't know her name is Daryl I'm calling her that, but she thinks of her as Stephanie. So she asked Stephanie, if you're going to, uh, are you going to let her, are you going to let me go? And Daryl says, but she is just, right now, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to get out of this mess. You know, so she's beginning to get some hope that maybe she will let her go. So she's just going to bide her time and be quiet and try and, let this and and see how this plays out um and with all that adrenaline gone then at this point tika just falls into this exhausted sleep and i'm sure she's got this concussion which makes you sleepy anyway well when she wakes yeah so when she wakes up it's thursday and it's getting towards the evening and um and at that point Daramus brings her son into the room now, Tika is beginning to panic. She's afraid that he's going to rape her, because I mean, what else are you going to think when this 17-year-old boy comes in, and he's a big guy? And, um, But he doesn't. He, uh, he has no intentions of raping her or anything, and they uh, she brings him in, and Deramus has She's going to have him help her. So she tells Derek, I want you to hold her hands, uh, to hold her wrists together. And she starts to, and she tells her, she says, you're going to have to hold on tight because this one's a feisty one. She's a fighter. She's putting her hands together and she takes the duct tape and 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 wounds her and wound her hands up so she can't get out. Then she does the same thing. They hold her leg, her ankles and she does that to her ankles. Then she takes her ankles, her, um, her ankles, and binds them. No, her wrists and binds them to her ankles. So she's, you know,
1: in like a fetal position.
0: Yeah, I think of it like you know you do a cow, and it's up in the it's when they're uh, when you're doing a radio, they do a radio on a little cast, and they put their hands and stuff all up together. Only she's laying down, so she's like in this fetal position, and that's how she leaves her. And that's how she spends Thursday night into Friday. And at this point, she's gone. um, It'll be four. So far. So so far. So she was taken on Wednesday. She spent Thursday, and now this is Friday morning.
1: Okay.
0: Friday, she comes in and uh, she undoes her sometime during Friday. I'm not. We don't really have a timeline because Tika doesn't really have a timeline. She's kind of been in it. Yeah, she knows the days, but from the from sunlight, I'm assuming. But she's she's kind of in and out of it, too, because she's uh, been hitting this head and has all of this going on with her. So sometime in there on Friday, they do. uh, Dermis comes in and she does uh, undo her and she lets her get in the shower.
1: Oh, how nice of her.
0: And she lets her wash that matted blood out of her hair and do all that. Then when she comes back in from the shower, she's got on this, just this shirt. And, uh, this long, I believe it was a blue shirt. They said, and she, and I'm assuming it's something like a night shirt because it was a little bit longer. And, uh, when she gets back in there, Dermis starts cutting off, uh, taking Tika's fingernails and cutting them off. And she's like, "What are you doing?" And she's and Dermis uh, says that uh, she's going to get it so that there's no DNA underneath her fingernails. That's she doesn't smart. want her her DNA up underneath her fingernails. So, at yes, but when somebody says, "I don't want to leave no DNA," oh, you know, you died. You was panicking at that point. You just, I can't imagine the terror at that point. This lady's telling me, oh, I got to get this DNA after my fingernails. Why? Because you fixed to throw me over the side of a bridge or something, you know. Well, Daramus, when she comes back into the room, she's carrying like this stainless steel bowl that has water and ice cubes in it. I do not know the significance of why she... I don't understand why she had ice water. I'll give you a thought on that in just a second.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, she has a, a, a box cutter, some knives, some razors, a do-rag, and some duct tape. A do-rag? A do-rag.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody needs a do-rag.
0: Everybody need a good do-rag, so, yeah. (laughs) So, she tells Tika at this point, she says to her, she says, what I'm getting ready to do to you is not going to kill you.
1: Oh, that's assuring. That's reassuring.
0: Right? Rest assured, it ain't gonna kill you. But, so she takes the do-rag, and she wraps that around her wrist, I'm assuming at this point she's kind of running out of some duct tape. She's needing it for other stuff, so she so. wraps her, so she wraps her wrist in this and ties it up in this do rag. And then she sticks another rag in Tika's mouth, and she begins to take the duct tape and wrap it around her head. Um, wraps it around her mouth to keep that du- that that uh,
1: thing in her mouth
0: the rag in her mouth and she covers her eyes too so during this time Tika can't see anything
1: Oh, that just intensifies your sensations too
0: yes and okay um, and then the weirdest thing that Tika remembers specifically is that she puts in a copy of Michael Jackson's This Is It
1: all right, jam out to see and Michael Tika, Jackson.
0: Except Tinka said she remembers it vividly because she does not like Michael Jackson. <laughs> so she didn't like Michael Jackson, and she was. Uh, and then she is tortured by having to listen to this as well as what's going to happen next. So she turns puts that in and turns it up full blast, so that no one can hear anything. Now, this is where we're going to get graphics. So, those of you who are squeamish or who do not want, wish to hear about this, you will want to uh, go forward for several minutes here. All right. Okay. I'm going to give, you, give you a second Pepto, to skip. <laughs> grab, grab that Pepto because you might want to start chewing on one of them tablets right now. Because I'm feeling it right now and I'm going to have to tell it. The coffee ain't sitting real well right now. Okay. Deremis at this point starts to cut around Tika's pelvic area using a box cutter. Yes.
1: Oh, the, That's right. Of course there's no numbing. Oh.
0: No, there's no numbing. This is where I'm thinking that perhaps this ice water comes into play. When you're, you know, when you're a kid and you're going to, I am going, uh, back in the day you are going to You could uh, do your own, you could, uh, you're going to pierce your own ear. You put ice on it and numb it. And I'm assuming that perhaps that's what she was doing was putting ice on her belly and she was going to numb it for her. And it's not going to kill you. Um, She Uh, doesn't tell her. Right. So... She starts cutting her with this box cutter and different knives trying to get in there far enough. And she would go and every few minutes she'd say, are you okay? And you want me to wait? You want me to, you you know, you need to catch your breath. You need to do, I mean, isn't that nice of her?
1: So sweet. Such a good villain.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Well, it's going to get a little bit worse here. After a few minutes of it, She's getting, she can't get deep enough with this knife or this box cutter that she's got. So she decides to just use her fingers and she starts to tear her muscles away. I know, I know, I told you it gets worse. Yeah. And, and here is poor Tika who has never lost consciousness during this.
1: Oh, she's a. She's a warrior. She
0: is a trooper, I'm telling you. I mean, I have not... uh, Amazingly, I can't understand how this happens, but she's awake through all of it. And she's reaching in there trying to get this baby. And she can't get the baby. So she decides she's going to let Tika rest for a little bit. And... um, Come up with a new strategy. And then she's gonna let her get her a little bit of her strength back, and then she's going to finish it up later. Well, at this point, then Tika kind of passes out, and, oh, yeah. and, and from the pain and everything, and she's lost a lot of blood. Um. So at this point, when she after she wakes up, she notices that Stephanie, or yeah, the, who she knows as Stephanie Daramus, is laying on the floor, the bedroom door is open and she's laying on the floor in front of the door. Sound asleep.
1: Okay.
0: Isn't it nice to know that our that our villain can sleep well? <sighs> so Tinka knows at this point <clears throat> that she has no other choice. This is the time that she's got to get out of there. Yeah. I don't know how she's going to do this, but at she decides that she's gotta get out of there. She's gotta save herself. Yeah. And she doesn't know if her baby is alive or dead. She doesn't know any of this at this point. So she struggles to her feet. Now again, she's on a mattress that's on the floor.
1: And you pregnant big pregnant.
0: And you've just had to in you've just had everything cut open. She's got a cut on her side. She's got to cut all the way across her pelvic area.
1: The lady's and, been moving her muscles away with her hands.
0: Oh. Ex- I know. Exactly. And as she starts, she's shaky, of course, and her she's trying to get her feet up underneath her. As she stands, as she begins to stand up, she takes her hand, hits that stainless steel bowl with her wedding ring. Right, you know what does that do? That makes ding. that ding, and she freezes and panics and looks at Stephanie. Stephanie slept right through it.
1: Oh, good. So good. Sound <clears> asleep.
0: Yeah, so Deramus like, has slept, has she is sleeping like this baby over there. She is out. So that makes her feel a little bit better. So she continues on, gets to her feet. And, of course, she's grabbing herself and she's walking. And as she walks, she has to step over Deremos to get out this door. So, as she gets over her, she steps over her. Her blood, she's bleeding and she's her blood bleeding is dripping on onto Stephanie or She—it's And she freezes because she's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to wake her up. It doesn't. Apparently, the woman can sleep through anything. And that I will say says something about the military. They can sleep through anything and they can stay awake if they need to. I have a son who's been in the military, and that's the truth. They can just they can lay down on the hard ground and sleep. It's they don't even think twice about it. So I can I see where that shows her military training and stuff like that.
1: Me, I more Um, think that she's just like Passed out like
0: I imagine that like during not, this time, I just might asleep, have been drinking like, or anything,
1: maybe. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I would have had to. There's no way I could cut into somebody. I mean, I would never do it in anyways, but right uh, in an that. emergency
0: situation where I was helping somebody, I couldn't have, I couldn't stick my hand inside somebody. Ugh. I'd
1: be like, Nope, I'm sorry, you're gonna die, <laughs>
0: right. I love I'm you, sorry. and I'm gonna miss you.
1: I love you. I'm my, gonna
0: miss you. What do you want me to tell your loved ones? Because you's a goner. Because I can't do it.
1: I cannot stick my finger in there and hold and hold that gunshot wound. I'm sorry.
0: Right, right. I am not like the little boy who could hold his finger in the dam. Nope. I'm sorry. You're gonna die. It's it's sad, but yeah. So. <laughs> And, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to make fun of any of this, but this is the only way you can get through this at this point because I really feel like my I, I didn't eat breakfast first. and This is why. <sighs> okay, so, so it's about she's to get
1: worse. Kind of, oh sort
0: of. It'll get it'll get a little oh. bit. Okay. She um. So she steps over her and she's got to go down the hallway and find the door now. So as she gets. She's, you know, holding onto the walls and everything. She's shaking as all. Get out. I mean, girl, oh, she's lost yeah. so much blood, and not only from this, but from her head. She'd already, you know, she hadn't even had a chance to build back up or any of that. She's, and she's got these two things on her. Oh, just ah, oh, I can't. So she gets down to the door, and she already knows there's multiple locks on the door. When she gets there. The door, of course, is in the living room and as she looks over, Derek is asleep on the couch.
1: I forgot about him.
0: We forgot about Derek, right? Now you look over there and he's sleeping on the couch and you got to unlock the doorknob lock. That's pretty easy to do. Then you got to undo a bolt, the deadbolt. You know those things make noise. And there's a chain on the door. And you know, girl, you cannot move one of those chains without them rattling.
1: Nope, you have to grab the chain itself,
0: and, and then you got to try and slide it and work it over. And then and when then- it falls, it makes a noise. Yeah. And I, you, you got to be shaken. She's lost so much blood; she's shaking.
1: Yeah.
0: So amazingly enough, she gets all of this and gets this door open and gets out. Now. As she's down, she's walking down the hallway, again, holding on to the wall and trying to get out. Ain't nobody around.
1: Of course not. Not one
0: person. (laughs) All you need is one person. And she's trying to get a little away from this apartment before she starts knocking on doors. Uh, She goes into like a different, a complex thing. And she's banging on doors trying to get... During this time, though... This is where this is the last of the graphics, okay? At one point as she's going down through there, her intestines start falling out. Oh
1: no! No. Yeah. Oh god, that's oh, that's so gross. So, I'm so sorry, Tika. Oh. So she
0: has to basically like push them back in and and hold her belly and walk and and going down through there. And I don't know how she's still walking. And because it's she's your life, <laughs> because because it's her baby in her. And she so she's knocking on these doors and nobody is answering. No, 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 I'm sure no, no, this sorry. is it seems to me like this is on a Friday, so it's probably midday. So everybody's at work. Ain't nobody at home.
1: Not like it is nowadays where everybody's at home working.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, this is 2009. Nobody was at home working. So she's banging and she's screaming for help and lo and behold, she's kind of falls on these stairs and she's stuck on these stairs where she's trying to go up. Please
1: and then she sees
0: then she sees them coming.
1: No, they're coming for
0: no. Yes. Daramus and Derek are both there. And as they start coming up to her, Girl, Tinka still ain't giving up. She is kicking and screaming. Wow. They are trying to kill me. Help me. Somebody help me. Please help me. One man comes by. And he's coming up there and he looks at her and he's like, Uh, hey, what's going on? And there, and so Darren, and she's screaming, they're trying to kill me, please help me. And she's and Daremus Dar- 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 is going, she just had this miscarriage. She's delirious. We're just trying to get her back so she can rest. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We're we're taking care of. And um, so at Did this he not point, see
1: the intestines out of her.
0: Well, she's got on this long night shirt. Remember? Oh yeah. And she's it's, it's blood covered, but she's just told her she's just had a miscarriage, so that explains that. So Tika takes matters in her own hand and raises up her shirt.
1: You go, girl. And this
0: man sees this, and she says, "Please, God, help me." They're trying to kill me. So he's like, "Oh my God!" And he says, "I'm calling the police." And he runs to call the police. I don't know if he. It says one thing, says he runs, but then you see others that show him like calling nine one one, whatever it was. uh, Deremus and Derek, drop her and run. They have to cut cut their losses and go.
1: I'm surprised so, they didn't try to kill him. And then
0: take him. Well, apparently they didn't, you know, she didn't have anything with her to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if she'd have had a gun, she might have. But, again, she wakes wakes up, notices she's gone, and she's like, what the crap? Derek, get up. Let's go. Help me. So, now when the ENTs arrive, they ask Tinker, are you hurt? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> us, I'm like, good. She's like, I have been beaten and cut open. And she says, I need help. And the and then, again, she raises her shirt and the EMT just about loses it. He just can't believe what he's seeing. And he's, you know, ready to hack up something. Yeah. So, they rush her to the hospital. Um, and I think she loses consciousness at this point. She doesn't know anything that's going on. But when she wakes up, PJ is right there by her side is that not the sweetest thing That's so sweet. so she's asking is my baby still alive she has no idea she's not sure and at that point you don't know do you want to know the answer you're afraid that they're going to tell you no yeah. about that time a nurse walks in and tells her that she has a beautiful baby girl who weighed 8 pounds and 2 ounces
1: oh I got cold chills all over me
0: cold chills I know all over apparently the baby had balled itself up and went to the top of her uterus went way up into the top of it which is why st- uh, mills or daramis Can't could not get it. it she was reaching in trying to get that baby but she couldn't find her because she was so far up now whether this was um by chance but uh they're thinking maybe the baby even sensed the trauma that something wasn't right and that the trauma was going on and balled herself up underneath there I mean 8 pounds 2 ounces in a 5 foot 2 girl that baby was balled up in there somehow because I can't see how she couldn't have reached her but either way whether it was by chance or the fact that the baby itself knew that there was some kind of trauma coming she lived And Tika and PJ named this beautiful little girl. What would you think?
1: I don't know. Miracle.
0: Her name is Miracle Sky. Now, and Daramus. Well, the police didn't find her right away. She did call. um, She had the uh, the. She did call and turn herself in to the police. And um, in November of 2010, uh, she did accept a uh, and gave in a a guilty plea uh, to first degree assault, and she was sentenced to 25 years in prison. And she also accepted a guilty plea. Uh, The judge also accepted a guilty plea to false imprisonment, but he did that under the Alfred system or the Alfred doctrine. Which means that she didn't admit to guilt, but she did admit that they had a, a lot on her. And, um, and that the case is very strong. So the judge gave her a life sentence with all but 15 years suspended. So a life sentence, but she only had to serve 15 years of it. She also had the 25 years.
1: Is and they're both supposed carrying?
0: to... They will run concurrently. So she does have those. Now, believe it or not, and I don't know how she did it, but during all of this, the, the muscles that she had cut and all of that, Tika basically had to learn to re- relearn how to walk again.
1: Wow, she had to learn um, how to rewalk after she was walking even with her entire... After body. she
0: walked out there, yeah.
1: Wow, mm.
0: But I'm sure that that came from all of the surgeries that they had to do to put this, all of these That's intestines right. back and everything like that. And the muscles, they had to sew them back together and do all that. So, but, so this was in December of 2009 and in November of 2010 is when this, uh, this trial happened. Honey, Tika was there. Oh, yeah. She was at that trial and she was at that trial with Miracle. She brought that baby into that trial and she let her know, this is what you almost took from me with all that you did to me. And at one point, Daryl said that uh, before I think she had finally pled guilty, she said that it was uh, that Tika had sold her the baby for $5,000 and she'd been making payments on it for uh, you know all this time and that okay, she was just trying point. to get Uh, trying to get what was hers, and honey, they said that they said Tika went over you know that barrier that they have between the things and was attacking her. (laughs) Was attacking (laughs) her, her daddy had to pull her off, they had to take her out of the courtroom because she was like, Where's your proof? Where's your proof? (laughs) You know, she was dragging her out of there. I thought, Boy,
1: yeah, I would be the girl
0: was feisty as all get out
1: and that's what saved her life too
0: that's what saved her life exactly and now uh tika and pj now have a uh, they did they did move in after the hospital with her mother um for a while but now at this point they had their own um i haven't heard anything this into 2022 that i could find I'm sure now she wants to be out of the limelight as much. But around that time, uh, by the time that Tika was about a year old, they had already moved into an apartment in Washington. They would got their own apartment at that point, uh, so things were looking up for them. And uh, and she was uh, she had her other daughter Sadie with her as well. So, uh, but from what I can tell, they are together now. I don't think that she's ever been able to have other more children since then. And I would assume that that. I have not found anywhere where she has been able to have any other children. And I could not imagine that she would. I was just saying, because at one point she had, this was one thing. To, sorry, I'm going to go back into graphic for a second. She, at one point when she cut her, uh, when Deremos had cut her stomach, water rushed out. So she thought she had cut the the uterus. She never cut the uterus at all. What she had cut was she had, she had sliced into Tika's bladder. Oh. Yeah. So she had sliced Tika's bladder. So that's where all that water that had come rushing out was from. Oh, wow. So she had thought, so again, she had, so she's had, she had so much that had to be done. And I do have um, in our pictures that we'll post, there is a picture of, um, well, we'll have a picture of of, um, Deremus. Uh, just the one. Then we do have several pictures of Tika with Miracle. There's one in there of Tika and Sadie and Miracle. Um, there's a couple of them. But there is also one of Tika's scar where she shows people the scar that she has. And it's just, uh, it's it's a tough one to think. Uh, but how she went through all of this and how she survived it is a true survival story. And one that, um, you know, I'm sure that Miracle is going to hear about many times over. Um, And, but the love that she had for her and the love that she had for life and that she wanted her baby to survive and all that she did. I mean, that is to me, this is the epitome of a mother's nightmare. When you're trying, somebody's trying to take your child and you haven't, you don't even, but here's the thing. She didn't even know the child yet. I mean, you know, she loved her that much and she didn't even know her. We talk about that before. We think that we love these kids when we're pregnant and we do. We do. Yeah. But the minute we have them, it still changes dramatically yeah. in the amount of love that we have. We just don't know. We can't imagine life without them. And so for her, she had this, instinct inside of hers that she just knew she was gonna that this was this was hers and this was her child and her baby and she wanted to be there for her so the instinct and the the love and all that she went through for this i mean we all go through debt uh you know it's it all when we're getting ready to have a child every woman go faces death when they're going into it, but she faced it in a much different way than than the normal person does, and oh. she walked away from it. So, True I have to warrior. say, Tika Adams is a warrior. Oh. Exactly. God. Wow. So.
1: Oh, my goodness. That, wow. I cannot yeah. believe I cannot believe
0: it. Um. I know. And and to me, she only Deremas only got only got forty years. And I know forty years, that seems like it can seem like a lot, but well, all that she did to her. And they couldn't prove that she I don't think they could do attempted murder because of her statements that she had made. This is gonna hurt, but it ain't gonna kill you. She wasn't. So they had no proof that she was trying to kill Tika. They just had the proof that they knew that she was trying to take take the the baby. baby. Yeah. So.
1: So how old was Stephanie or whatever her name is?
0: Um, I believe she was in her forties.
1: In her her early 40s. She'll she'll
0: be like in her 80s, yeah. Oh, and Derek was never charged uh, for anything. And yeah, and we look at it like this, but apparently he had no knowledge of what was going on. He was very slow, uh, mentally slow, and he did and all he was doing was what his mama was telling him to do. He had, uh, so he I think that, I'm assuming they went a lot into this one. With him, that he was, uh, I'm just, so I'm assuming there was some sort of a mental retardation. Uh, quite a bit of that with him. Um, so he he really had no idea what was going on. All he was doing was what Mama told him to do. Mama said hold his arms, hold her arms down, and that's what he did. And so uh, he never tried to hurt her. He wasn't in there when she was trying to cut the baby out or any of that. He was just
1: okay. I'm surprised
0: sad he enough, nice he was kidnapping an, charges. Sad enough, he was an innocent bystander in that he was just not able to know what was going on mentally. So, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where he went to live or what is sound. If he's that, if he was enough that they could not, uh, they couldn't charge him. I would assume that he is living in a home of some kind at this point because I'm assuming he can't live by himself either. If you can live by yourself and take care of yourself, then you should be able to be charged with that, I would think. (coughs) So I'm not certain about that. Uh, Nothing else was said about him except that they did not charge him. He was not uh, mentally stable enough to know what was going on.
1: Mm. Wow. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening to Mama's Nightmare. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a five-star rating uh, or a comment on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Audible, Amazon, and also Samsung Podcasts. If you can comment anything, just one word, it just helps us create an algorithm and it helps us get our name out there.
0: Also, you can hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss out on next week's Nightmare where Alicia is going to be telling us about the murder of Cherish Periwinkle. We do have a Facebook and an Instagram. Those are at Mama's Nightmare Pod, where we will post pictures from each of these episodes.
1: Also, if you have any suggestions on a case that you would like us to cover, please email us at Mama's Pod at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Alicia. And Rhonda. And we hope you have nothing but sweet dreams.
0: Bye. Bye.